G'day listeners, welcome back to the Holy Grail podcast. My name is Beer Gut and I'm here with my partner in crime, Eyebrows. Uh, this past week has actually brought a few massive sporting moments, including one of the biggest sporting feats ever, only solidifying the conversation about the grass-eating animal named the goat. Uh, James Vince threw water on the scorches to put them out, whilst Dan the man Christian <laughs> further proved that bias the bias that stirs around Cricket Australia's selection committee. India and England are facing off in the challenging conditions of the subcontinent, only to show us how hit and miss Australia's current test team is. The AFLW has kicked off and finally Tom can stop dribbling on about nothing but cricket. Uh, St. George Dragons players are telling their mates to load up on sports bet with them winning the wooden spoon uh, after their captain abruptly signed with the Sharks. And finally, we address a few little milestones and other moments, including an insane 100km run at a stifling pace, which makes my calves feel like jello. All that and more, but first, Joe Big Boy Root, you got a few? He has got a few. Um, it feels like it's been a little while since we've done a podcast part. I feel like there's been plenty happening. Um, the Australian International Cricket Summer just stopped awfully abruptly and now the Big Bash is over, so I'm pretty much not worth a grain of salt uh, at the moment. But look, Joe Root has actually been doing some big boy gear. He has been. He has scored in three test matches in a row, he scored three double tons. He is absolutely on fire. Um and I guess that's a pretty good place to start. Just, on the telly just, ju- just for some context too, that's against the same Indian side, if not better, than the one that we just lost the, a series to. Mm. Um, so it's not like he's just playing Bangladesh no. in England and smoking them. Well, it's his first two, his last two double centuries were, he scored, they played a two-test uh, series against Sri Lanka in Sri Lanka. Scored a double century in each. Not too bad. Um, there were sort of rumours or, you know, rumblings that, oh, jeez, Joe might be back in the big boys. It might be Root, Smith, Williamson and Coley again. We did address that last last podcast, actually. Yeah, but it's just, I don't know. If he could do it against India, um, then, yeah. It counts. And you know what? He's come out. He's made 218 off 377. Um, England have amassed 578 in the first innings. And India applied with 337. Um, they were in dire straits. And then Rishabh Pant just came out and did what Rishabh Pant seems to do. Literally, no one could hit it off the square. He came out and made a 50 in about 35 balls, mm. just teed off. He ended up making 91. 91 off 88. Washington Sundars made some runs too. And that, bloke, that bloke is no mug with the bat. I think that we may have thought initially, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. But he's he can bowl uh, he, and he can bat. Yeah. I meant he can bat first. Yeah. So he's, he's batting that number seven all around a spot at the moment and... Proven his worth with the stick and bowling fairly well too. But all the while, England are in a pretty good position here. They lead by 371 um, with four wickets in hand. And the only thing that... So I think... Look, I'm going probably for England just because I'm scarred by India. Yeah, I think that's why we took and a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast. I was just a little bit rattled. Just a bit too rattled. And um, I don't know, like... England, and I had a look at the World Test Championship because obviously that matters. Um, Australia is still looking to make that final and they pretty much need England to win most of these games. I think India can win 1-0 this series um, and Australia will still make it, but ideally we want England to win like 2-1 and we go through. So going for England, um, but it just feels so similar to the Sydney Test match and the Brisbane Test match, you know, there's about, like, T's just been 371 runs ahead. Like, you shouldn't lose, but most teams don't have Rashad Punt in their middle order. Right. He just does not care. 
Just that is correct. Does not care. Not to mention, too, neither Rahane or Coley fired in the first innings, uh, or even Rohit Sharma. Um, so that's a, you know, and Ravi Ashwin's just putting his little dabble in, 31. Yeah. That's, a, yep. that's not bad. Just they, sticking around they for bat a bit of a fight. They bat deep. Um, well, for an Indian side anyway, which yeah. usually once you get number seven, they just knock over. But Well... Well, Nadeem, Sharma, and Bumrah as your last three are pretty yeah. grim. Yeah. So, but I don't know, when you back down to Ashwin, who can definitely hold the stick, and yeah, anyway, I'm hoping for an English victory, and it's probably the only time I'm going to say that on this podcast. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So, um, where do you think this this test goes? So, currently, it's day four, just after tea. Uh, England are six for one hundred and thirty after twenty eight overs. Um, I don't know; they're, they're kind of getting a little bit rattled by Boomer at the moment. Yeah. Um, but that gives India a full day, probably, possibly even a couple of overs today um, with the bat. Can they chase four hundred? I don't think so. I think the difference is that. Those Australian wickets, we were hoping that Sydney would deteriorate and that Lino would come into it and take wickets. This one's an actual just standard Indian dust bowl. Yep. Um, India opened this second innings with spin from both ends. Um, whether it's turning. Whether Dom Bess and uh, Jack Leach are good enough to get it done, I'm not certain, but I think I think India, I think England will get the job done. Yeah. Well, Dom Bess did have he had four for seventy six of his twenty six overs in the first. Innings and even uh, Joe Root had a little bit of a, a sniff, um, yeah. and yeah, I've never heard of Don Best before. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he seems to be alright. He's right. okay. He's been bowling alright in the last couple. Um, so England to win, I think. Um, and then just quickly, while we're on international Test cricket, that I doubt anyone other than me knows is going on. Um, <laughs> The West Indies are, well have just finished playing a game against Bangladesh, which you go, look, who cares? Honestly, I was half watching it, but or just half keeping up to date with it. But the West Indies were set 395 to chase in the last day and a bit. And this bloke called Kyle Mayers, who was on debut. He came in with a batting average of 29 and off the back of two ducks um, in his last two first-class games. But he has made a double century to get them home for a three-wicket win in his first-ever Test match. Like, So he scored 24 seven sixes in a 320-ball, 210-not-out victory guiding the West Indies to the fifth highest run chase in a test ever and the highest ever in Asia, which is also worth noting because you look at these, or you look at just the subcontinental pitches, they just deteriorate, they spin. They're very hard to bat on. Um, I assume this one was similar-ish. And so to do that, that is unbelievable. So yeah, only his 33rd first class game, first test match, he's come out and done that. that's well worth that's well worth highlighting. Yeah, no, um, that's good. So maybe look out for Kyle Mays. I don't know. I'd never heard of him. Never heard of most of the West Indian team that was playing. But I was just going to say, that's not a very West Indian name either. Like, I mean, no. some of them have some like fairly sub, like fairly, fairly standard names, mm. and then some of them are real like West Indian. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's quite quite a nice name actually. <laughs> For a Kyle. <laughs> it, is. it is. I wonder, he must love his uh, monster energy. Monster energy, sorry. sorry. Um, the BBL. BBL. Dan the man, Christian. He's done it. He's, He's done, done it. it. He's carried the boys. No, he didn't carry the boys. Jimmy Vince is on fire. Just quietly though, on Dan Christian, he just does not lose. No, he, he does not he lose T20 competitions anywhere. I think that's like nine or ten between a couple of IPLs, a couple of Caribbean ones, English yep. ones, big bashes. He just, everywhere he goes, he wins. Um, but yeah, Jimmy Vince scored 95, um, got the sixes to six for 188, 
and it was just always a bit too far for the Scorchers. Um, Livingston made 45 and looked dangerous, um, but just... On on Livingston, when we were were watching it live, and all I could think of is if Liam Livingston gets out, the Sixers are going to absolutely piss this in. Yeah. And he got out, was playing a fairly good innings, and was looking... Very, very dangerous. I was a bit worried as a Sixers fan, um, as Magenta team fan. But um, he got out, you know, Colin Munro, pretty ordinary. Um, and Mitch, Mitch Marsh is probably your next best big attacking hitter and hasn't been in the greatest form. He's well, going all right, but he's just... Uh. Well, on Vince, Vince took an absolute screamer, and I'm pretty sure it was cover. Like, Marsh has just crunched this cover drive up up his cover drive yeah. but um, Vince just cannot do it cannot put a foot wrong he made 98 last week in Canberra to um, beat the Scorchers last week to get them into the final yep. and then has come out and made 95 again like and took that crucial like that was a yeah. huge catch that one because um, you look at that um, strikers lineup and ah oh, sorry Scorchers lineup the orange team and uh, it was Mitch Marsh who was the only one who could possibly see him home. Oh, no, they've got Ashton Turner. He's really good. Oh, don't. I don't know. We'll talk I don't about know, that later. Man. We'll get to it. But, yeah, Vince um, was just cut above the rest. Um, Bird bowled a really impressive spell. Yeah, um, Benny Dwarsis was, was sick. Took three wickets. Uh, Dan the Man Christian, two for 25 off his four. Dan's... Still amazes me at how well he bowls. Almost like, um, oh, from the Renegades. What's his name? Left Armour. I can't even think of his name. The one that's like 85 years old. He's been playing for ages. Oh. Played for like six different teams. Oh, it's going to stink. Oh, not Lachlan. Benny Lachlan. No, not Ben Lachlan. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um... <laughs> But just consistently, like, can rely on him. Doesn't do heaps with the ball, but just enough to, like, you know, make the batsman not be able to predict what's going to happen. He's just solid enough, and he's just... I think it's that experience that he's got. Yeah, um, definitely. He's just been in so many situations. He knows generally when to bowl those slower balls, when to throw in those bounces. Yeah. Um, he's just got enough variations and he's just just like a wily old fox, just yeah. keeps getting it done. Yeah. Um, and then he's still the best finisher in the game. So, I don't know, are you ready to unload on how the hell he's not in the Australian uh, T20 yeah. side? So, well, let's just get up the... the the T20 squad that uh, Australia's picked. Um, so, have you got? So we've got Aaron Finch as captain. Yep, of course. Uh, Kane Richardson, Daniel Sams, Jason Beridoff, Tanvir Singer. Tanvir Singh is looking really good. Yeah, interesting um, one. I reckon it's a. He'll probably play a game. Um, but I don't see him getting much over the game. It's a real like, come along for the ride, buddy. Yeah, Mitchell Marsh, Darcy Shaw, Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis. Ben McDermott, uh, Ashton Turner. Why? Why? Riley Meredith, uh, Andrew Tide, Josh Philippe, Matthew Wade as the vice captain, Jai Richardson, Adam Zampa, and Ashton Agar. Ashton Agar got named 2020 player of the, of the year. Um, also a little bit questionable. Yeah, it is a little bit, but those ones are... Because no one really follows the international... Um, the international T20s that much. Like, he took a hat trick against South Africa in, like, a couple of games that... That was probably pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, and they've only played a couple other ones against, like, England. Like, they haven't played that much. And he's just played that second spinner role. He and Zamper have actually been going quite well in that short form. Yeah, yeah. Um, in that short form stuff. So, they seem to pair up nicely. Um, but, yeah, I just the one that stands out like dog balls is Ashton Turner over Dan Christian Ashton Turner has three or four years ago he probably was one of the premier finishers in um, like the big bash sort of cricket I think he got picked probably a year late based off that and he just hasn't been able to fire since and 
I like I can't recall him playing any innings of note. He might have played one or two okay innings early in the yeah. comp, but not late in the comp, not when it yeah. matters and yeah, exactly right. when the better players are coming on, the pressure's coming on. And um, and can you finish as well as well as Dan Christian? Dan Christian is the best finisher in that competition. By an absolute it's not even not even close. The only person who I would actually back to hit the ball as well as he does is Liam Livingston. Yeah. And you can't pick him in an Australian squad. No, so. you can't. <laughs> um, so. But he, I just think he'd be that perfect. He would just slot in perfectly in that number five or six, even seven yeah, um, right, type right, right. middle order. Um, so what they're going to do, Finches come out. So Monday morning, Oh, wait, no, he's said this on Monday morning. Um, so this game, I think, don't think it starts for another week or so, these uh, T20s against New Zealand, but the top three will be Finch, Philippi, and Wade. So they're going to go with Philippi, which, look, makes sense. Does make Player sense. Player of the tournament, in great form. Pick yep. a bloke while he's in form, give him a go. It's perfect timing. And Wax then the ball too. Maxwell and Stoinis at four and five, which, I don't know, interesting one. Um, but, yeah, that's what they're going to go with anyway. Yeah. Well, see, like, Dan Christian would be a great number six or a seven there. Yeah. With Stoinis and Maxwell, both big hitters of the ball. Yeah. Both can fire, but if both miss... You're going to need some sort of firepower late in the innings. Mm-hmm. Or like to come in and hold up an end for five, ten, like five, six overs yeah. and score runs at a rate. Yeah. Where it puts a bit of pressure on New Zealand. So, you know, is Ashton Turner going to do that for you? We'll have to see. Oh, I'll be, I'm, look, in fairness, Parks, we've been proved wrong time and we time have. and time and time we again. <laughs> we were wrong about Joe Root. We've been wrong about Ajinka Rahani. Yeah. We've been, been wrote, wrong about Kelly Oubre. I've Yeah. <laughs> how's this? We go on our podcast, I've, I've backed him in. I've said, right, most improved player. And then he just had, he just shot like shit. He was 12, 12% from three or something like that. Or it was something ridiculous. It was terrible. Could not hit a shot. It could, not, it could not do anything. He was, he was selling the Warriors out. Anyway, just as I've said that, he's come out and what, you're like 40 points or something like that. Yeah. And, and missed. Yeah. I think he shot like 79% or like 60% from three. He was absolutely lighting the field up. Yeah. And carried that Warriors team to victory that day. And yeah, that was just a little bit disappointing. <laughs> so, look, maybe if we just, uh, as we have, we've just absolutely grilled Ashton Turner. So yeah. expect him to somehow get picked at number six in uh, this upcoming T20. And, uh, absolutely, pile and absolutely pile on runs. Yeah. He'll make 50s every single game Landslide. off 22 balls. And we'll come here and have egg all over our faces again, hopefully. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. All right. Big news. Yeah. You cannot... Talk about goats without mentioning this bloke's name. He's just won his seventh Super Bowl. Yeah, he has gone to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, brought it along his mate, Mister Gronkowski, and just said, "Look, we're just going to win another one here. We don't need any of the Patriots and owners or anything like that. We're just going to do it ourselves." And sure enough, he's absolutely pissed it in against the reigning champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I was going for the Chiefs. So I'm a big Patty Mahomes fan, uh, but tell you what, you can't can't go wrong with Tom Brady. He is unbelievable. I think, like for some reason, these really great players seem to have seem to cop a lot of a lot of hate. Like you look at your um, like LeBron, you either love him or you hate him for some yeah. reason. But I think Brady's record is just so unbelievably good. Yep. and has been for so long like started in 2000 was drafted prior to that at pick 199 yep. and has now won 7 7 Super seven Bowls, Super Bowls. he's been in 10 um, just off the charts like this bloke is just too good he is too good um, and look you have to give it up to the Tampa Bay 
uh, organisation, they have absolutely like done the world of good for themselves. Just they, they just put a lot of young talent in, trusted them, let Tom kind of handle his offence, and and they just worked on their defence. And the Tampa Bay defence uh, today was unbelievable. They the pressure that they put on Mahomes. I've got a stat here. So my, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're predominantly passing team. A lot of their offense is built off passes, quick hits, only usually reaching second down because they're just always making that first down. Yeah. And hitting Kelsey through the middle. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Just and uh, and Tyreek Hill, just, he's so quick. Yeah. So quick. Didn't see any of that explosiveness tonight because Patrick Mahomes was just getting swamped. Their offensive line was terrible, and the defensive line of uh, Tampa Bay was just rushing him like no tomorrow. They were blitzing him and everything. It was pretty pretty unreal to watch. And so Mahomes threw 26 of 49 from 49 throws. Um, not terrible. Mm. Not terrible considering they didn't throw a touchdown for the game. They, was, they only scored field goals. Um, but... Tom Brady, twenty-one from twenty-nine, yeah. and had three touch, three passing touchdowns. So, two of which were to his mate Gronkowski. So, yeah. look, it was an absolute whitewash. Um, I think I was having a look here. Uh, there was three sacks allowed uh, by Kansas City, and the biggest one was the penalties. Chiefs gave away 11 penalties, one of which was an offside call on a field goal attempt. So the field goal counted, and they get a first down, automatic first down, where Jesus. the field goal attempt was from, which Jesus. they scored off. And that yeah. was right before halftime. <laughs> that is that is an absolute killer. <laughs> I, um, I really haven't watched a whole lot of uh, NFL, but I and was at work today, so just watched the quick highlights. But... That was it. Every single time that Mahomes had the ball, I mm. thought he actually did very well. I watched 11 minutes worth of highlights, yep. so it's hard for me to be a great judge. But he was still getting passes, getting catchable passes away under yep. immense pressure. And I actually found a stat. I don't have it right in front of me, but it was he ran for something like 500 metres collectively. So these weren't counted on the official mm. stat sheet, but he ran about 500 metres before he either threw or got sacked. So game. he spent four, he ran 500 metres, half a K, running away from the Tampa Bay defensive line. Yep. He was just trying to run away from them the whole time. He was under pressure with pretty much every single pass he made. Yep. Um, and I guess that their off, uh, Kansas City's offensive line just was not non-existent. No, it was, it was, it was terrible. Um, Tyreek Hill uh, was pretty ordinary. Only had seventy three yards. Um, but yeah, like only averaged about ten yards. So he did a lot of like a lot of rushes, um, but just yeah, never looked like he got going. There, was, I think there was one throw there in the it was late in the third quarter, and he's he would have ran about half his yards because he got a first down, and it, it was the first actual play that was just like what they'd been playing when they beat the um, Green Bay Packers the, the week before. Yeah. It was explosive, it was quick. It wasn't late in the shot, in the, uh, shot clock, if that's what it's called. Yeah. Um, they just got it going and just it just happened. So, yeah, it was uh, pretty disappointing to watch, but also you can't say that he is not the GOAT. He is the greatest of all time. And I feel as though, that was another point I was going to make, I feel as though the term the GOAT is thrown around so willy-nilly. I, like, I don't know if it had ever really, I'd never really heard of it until probably five or six years ago. Yeah. And then it was the GOAT conversation between yeah. Jordan and um, Jordan LeBron. But it just gets thrown around so willy-nilly nowadays. But genuinely, he is a sporting GOAT. Like, yeah. As far as I know, he just can't be... He's undisputed. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, do and yourself genuinely. a favour. This it is, It's a good comparison. Patrick Mahomes is going to be one of the great quarterbacks. And great young quarterbacks. He's only 20... 
three or four. Yeah, he's young. He's real young. Just quietly, Tom Brady's forty-four. Yeah. Um, so Patrick Mahomes has been pretty much watching this bloke his whole life, and um, Patrick Mahomes like was just not even on a, the same level as Tom Brady tonight. So do yourself a favor, go and watch the highlights and just watch how composed, how good he is. And so, <laughs> and so does Brady just keep going around? I think he... they. I think uh, he was going to go again yep. next year, and I think that they're only going to be better, which is going to be scary for the league. Does Gronkowski go around again as well? Gronkowski's going again. He's yep. already. I think he's already committed. Okay. Um, I'm almost certain Brady's committed as well. So I think that they they only get better um, in the sense that they they work better together. Uh, I know that the commentators did comment at the start of the game that. They were quite worried about how this team would blend with the additions, like massive additions of a new tight end and a new quarterback. Yep. Um, coming from a completely different playbook and everything. Um, but at the but, end of the day... And they were put, quite rough. If you put two of the best ever... Yeah, exactly. you put two of the best ever in any team... Yeah. You're going to be pretty... You're going to be pretty stiff if it doesn't work. Exactly, exactly. So, yes, Super Bowl uh, owned by the... Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so congratulations to that franchise. And I will not watch another game of uh, NFL for another 11 and a half months. Correct. <laughs> Correct. All right, what do you got, Tom? Uh, I've got NBA on my list, Parks. NBA. Jesus, I have not been keeping up with I've been keeping up with my fantasy, and that's about it. I haven't even been doing that, to be honest. I, I have got a few wins since uh, last time we were talking, I believe. I've got off the duck egg, so um, yeah, I'm well, on the board, rowing a little bit, but I haven't really been keeping up to date too much with it either. How are the Nets going? Are they gelling? The Nets are starting to gel, and I think that they're they're just they're working on their defense, they're adapting to it. But a lot of people do always like mention the, the very serious matter that great offense will always beat great defense. If you can have great defense, but you, the offensive player can still put it in the hoop, then they're going to win. Because yeah. they're the ones that are scoring. So, I mean, the Nets, they've got three of the best scorers in the league. Mm. So no doubt. They should, in theory, um, play well. Are they, are they still your pick? They were your preseason pick? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they I'm, I'm going to back them. Back yeah. them to the horses. Um... Although the other day, and this shocked me, uh, Kevin Durant came off the bench. Mm, I did. Kevin see that, Durant actually. came off the bench for uh, the first time ever in his starting career. So since he's been playing, yeah, it's the first time he's ever come off the bench. Uh, that's what it? I read. That's what I read. I don't I know. Could have been wrong. I thought it was. Um, it's the first. It was definitely first time in like some of four hundred ninety-two games yeah, or something like that. That might some be ridiculous. Stat. Yeah, um, which is like six or seven seasons which would have been the last time he's probably you know, on injury yeah. uh, restrictions yeah. Um, but he came off the bench and then had to exit in the third quarter due to COVID protocols and uh, was not real happy about it took the Twitter straight away um, <laughs> what was it? Free me? yeah <laughs> hashtag free me or something like that and then said god there, about, a bunch, god there are a bunch of rare units on that team yeah, well, imagine sitting down for a beer with Harden, um, with yeah, Harden, Kyrie, and KD. What were they talking well, about? Well, you wouldn't get anything out of James Harden because he'd just have a stripper on him with all the time. <laughs> um, Kevin Durant would just kind of be talking about how good he is, and Kyrie would be talking about how flat the world is. <laughs> so. I don't know, and maybe burning some sage while he drinks his beer. I don't think he'd be a beer drinker, to be honest. Yeah. I think out of anyone in that uh, of those three, Harden's probably the most likely to have a beer. Mm. Probably not enjoy it though. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but other than that, gee, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers are going pretty well. Uh, and his boys. They're seventeen and seven. Joel Embiid is absolutely lighting it up. Um, he played the Nets yesterday and had 33-9-3. Uh, he's shooting around about 50% from the field, 
Not so, not so good from three, 14.3%. Um, and then my boy Tobias Harris. I like it. I love Tobias Harris. I reckon yeah, he's, okay. he's just like that mid-range, just kind of yep. fundamental guy. Almost like with Marcus Aldridge and Tim Duncan. They're just yep. nice to watch. Yep. Um, Torres Maxey's still somehow getting the game. Um, <laughs> although he only got two minutes. Uh, how's Matisse Thibault going? Um, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only reason I bring that up is minutes. because he has been selected in the Australian men's Tokyo 2020 Olympic squad. Well, so is Ben Simmons. Along with the likes of Simmons, Paddy Mills, obviously, um, Thorn Maker, Jingles, Dante uh, Josh Green's that young bloke. He yep. was a high draft pick, yeah. Yeah. Um, Delhi. Dante Mitch Hickson. Creek, Aaron Baines. Oh, my boy. It's not too bad. The white mamba. It's um, not too bad. The white seven foot one mamba. <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, what, our housemate actually mentioned that the only team that could lose a gold medal for Australia here is Australia. And the maybe of, the US. Outside <laughs> of the US. <laughs> the US. Um, who... I'm not sure. that They've recently come out saying that they're quite disappointed with the amount of effort that gets thrown towards Olympic basketball and then yeah. Team USA. A lot of those stars kind of, you know, LeBron's like, uh, I'd rather just use that time to have a rest or just mm. play with the, with the Lakers or have some time off. But um, I think the NBA's kind of kicked up a little bit of a stink and, and said, oh, hang on. You're representing your country here. You're going to be picked if we tell you to be picked. Yeah. So, um, I believe it's been cracked down a little bit. So, I would love to see it again. You know, remember back when they won the gold medal and absolutely smoked everyone, including Spain, who got the silver medal. Uh, and it was basically their starting five was um, Tyson Chandler was the worst player, and he was an all star at that point. Yeah. And it was like Kobe Bryant. Chris Paul, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. <laughs> Carmelo Anthony came off the bench in his prime. Kyrie Irving was like the young star coming off the bench. It was a pretty sick little uh, Team USA. And yeah. it was kind of like a cool thing to watch them, especially with the the different rules, how they adapted to that. Yeah. Um, it was pretty cool. Um, the other thing that I was talking to Cameron Bailey, who has listened to a few of our podcasts, I know. I was just having a chat at the pub with him. And just about this, what he thought of the Boomers' chances. And he said, look, they could be all right. But a key thing is that the Tokyo Olympics are scheduled to be held 23rd of July to the 8th of August. Whether this goes ahead, who knows? Um just with the whole COVID operations getting around. But look, say it does, um, the NBA playoffs actually are played. So the final game of the NBA playoffs is scheduled to be played on the 22nd of July. So given that there would be at least two to three weeks quarantine straight uh, prior to the Olympics, that could rule out a lot of key players who would be going deep into the finals including the possibility of Ben Simmons absolutely absolutely um, Ben Simmons at, at this stage with with Philadelphia um, flying absolutely flying yeah 17 7 in the east they've yeah. got the number one seed so that'd be Simmons thigh ball you'd think would be out um, yep. you'd think Delhi at the Cavs would be pretty safe I think he'd um, be alright Jingles at Utah Utah's tracking okay whether Utah. they go deep Utah might be a second rounder. Um, other than that, yeah, meh. Um, and they then, are they are nineteen and five. They've got the best record in the West, but I don't see it going much further than that. Yeah, and then Paddy Mills at San Antonio would be pretty safe. You I'd say. So. But so they're fifth seed at the moment, but that'll drop because Golden State's hitting their reins. Portland's better than what they're playing at the moment. Houston's finally got their their shit together. Dallas are ten and fourteen. Our boy Luca. Just can't buy. Ten and fourteen. Luke, our boy Luca, our MVP Luca, he can't buy his teammates a bucket. Hey, he's just trying to do all he can, and is just barely scraping through. 
um, on that, I think it was yesterday. Let me just let me just find it. Sorry, guys. Oh no, it was the day before. Steph Curry uh, scored fifty four points against Dallas, um, and I don't think they won. He and uh, he and Draymond, uh, their two main all stars, combined yeah. fifty six points. <laughs> <laughs> no, what was it? No, fifty nine points. And Steph had fifty seven of them. Yeah, sorry, sorry, um, my bad. 57. Draymond did have 15 assists, though. That's pretty good. Yeah, no. no. Six um, deals, four blocks. I just... Not bad. I just love just seeing people just rip on Draymond all the time. Yeah. And then people be like, he's not a scorer. He does everything else. Leave him alone. Oh, I know. I don't know. But uh, that, that did actually bring up the conversation that does tend to happen quite a bit. And that is, who is the best scorer, best shooter? Not scorer, shooter. Between Steph Curry and Larry Bird. And that, to me, 57 points on 61.3% shooting, and he shot 11 from 19 from three. 11 threes is stupid at nearly 60%. That is, that is the just, best shooter yeah. of all time. Yeah, no doubt. So, no doubt. Um, and Kelly Oubre had 14 points standard. But they, that was in a loss to Dallas, mm. and that was... Uh, that actually broke Dallas's uh, losing streak. I think they were on seven after Devin. They were going to beat Phoenix, and then about five minutes to go, Phoenix made a run, and Devin Booker hit an absolutely ridiculous mm. buzzer beater to put them away. Yeah, Luca had forty-two, seven, and eleven, um, shooting fifty-two percent from the field, fifty-eight from three. So the same as Curry. There's some pretty skilled matchups going on there, isn't there? Yeah. Nah, for sure, for sure. Um, got much more on the NBA, or is that sort of? It'll just keep on rolling. It's as still, we say, it'll keep on rolling. As we say, bright colours, excited commentators. Yeah, games yeah. all day, every day. Yeah, well, uh, it's quite a, it's quite a lot to cover. Um, yeah, you absolutely. get excited about the the big things that happen. Of course, you know, fifty seven points here and there. You can probably start to address, but until it gets to the postseason, which is May. Uh, I had dates up just here. Yeah, May, 22. May 22nd. So looking forward to that date and we can get a bit more detail in our yeah, games. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's move on. All right. Um, so the AFLW is kicked off. Um, I meant to do more research for this than I have. Um, they've got a new... They've gone back to just... So last year they had a conference style with... Uh, yeah, two different conferences, but they've gone back to just everyone plays everyone, just like a normal AFL season. Um, they've got 14 clubs now, and Brisbane, who have been a fairly solid team for a fair while now, they're sitting on top after a couple of games. Yep. Won both with a not-too-shabby percentage of 757. That's and the Roos are second with a not-too-shabby percentage of 563. The kangaroos are good. Yeah, apparently. So North <laughs> Melbourne's actually winning games, which is good. Maybe maybe um, if you're a North Melbourne supporter, uh, invest all your cookies in the girls' team. In the girls. They I, are, they're doing a fair bit more than the boys. Absolutely. Um, um, and following our girl, uh, Elise Parker, the for the Giants, um, we tried to get her on the podcast. We slid into her DMs and... Um, didn't even get left on red, <laughs> so we were hoping to maybe bring bring you a uh, interview to preview the AFLW, but missed out on that one unfortunately. But her Giants have been struggling a little bit. She has been averaging about twenty eight touches a game though, which is pretty elite. That is pretty. Um, good. and yeah, outside of that, I don't have too much more to report on it. We're only two rounds into a nine round season, yeah. but um. Yeah, a couple of teams are looking pretty good and look out for maybe Brisbane and North Melbourne. So the Lions, who knows? They could go the Chicks and the Boys. Oh, that'd be... That'd be and that's, that's... Yeah, I reckon they're a huge chance. Um, one girl to look out for from the Western Bulldogs, Kirsty McLeod, kicked an absolute ripping goal. Uh, took a mark just outside, half forward on the flank, uh, kicked it over her head, chased the ball... And then got hands off and like with a, a defender draping off her, 
around the body, straight through the middle. Couldn't have kicked it any straighter. It was pretty sick. Um, and what I'm noticing too, which I'm actually really keen about, is pretty high scoring matches actually. Yeah. Compared to what we've been what we've been used to. Western Bulldogs six six forty two defeated Carlton five six thirty six. That's a good. That's an exciting game. And, and you've got to you've got to bear in mind that um, these games are shorter. Like yeah, about four. I reckon they're four minutes a quarter shorter at least four yep. or five. So, um, and look, I think it's one of those ones where you just got to bear like you just got to stick by it because the product will improve. These girls are literally like just learning footy and learning to become yeah like they they're not elite athletes coming into this. They're still, even still, they've been asked to go and live in like hubs when most of them are semi-professional. Like, mm. like none of these players do this full time. They've all yep. got work elsewhere. So, um, it's look, a massive commitment, a huge commitment. Imagine committing yourself to an AFL team, but barely getting a wage from it enough yep. to cover your life. Yeah, uh, and then being asked to work full time plus training full time. You, you don't get much of a life outside of it, and so you, you've got to you've got to have a bit of feels for the girls. So you'd need a fairly flexible workplace, I imagine, mm. um, to be able to give you this sort. Of, like, essentially, you nearly need three months off for the, yeah, of the intense preseason um, and the season, which oh, you'd need at least three months, which runs at least nine rounds plus finals. So, look, hats off to them. Um, hopefully, it keeps getting better and better and. Yeah. With fourteen look fourteen teams now, it's really expanded. Yeah. Um, hopefully the talent keeps coming through. Yep. And even just the the support from from all us fans, we we want to get around the girls and and make it feel like it's it is as as high grade as they can because they it is for them. They're coming from local clubs where they're just playing, and it almost feels probably feels the same like when they go to another match and play for Collingwood or play yep. for Western Bulldogs. It yep. just seems like a local game because, you know, you finish the game, you go to work the next day. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas these other blokes, they're going down to recovery, they get massages for free and all this kind of fancy jazz. They all get like, you know, those bloody... What were those boosts that they were all sitting in in the hub? I did see like a pretty I, good life. Yeah, I, I did see a couple of the a couple of the girls posting them up. So, but obviously not anywhere near no. as the boys. So, um, no. look, good luck to them. Keep on keeping on. Keeping on keeping on. Um, NRL Parks. We're on our footy coats. What'd you pick up from that? The Dragons. Yep, they're gonna suck. They <laughs> are gonna suck. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna suck. Um, they their captain. Uh, he's just decided no nah. I'm not actually sure he might even still be playing this year possibly oh that's a that's a sour taste but that's just a, that's almost <laughs> more of a kick in the guts I think I'm not certain so Cam McGuinness has signed with arch rivals Cronulla um, which he's been the heart and soul of that dragon side yeah. for as long as I've followed um, NRL like as in the last four to five years yep um, and interesting on the same day as that Cam McInnes signed with the Sharks yeah the Dragons then made public that they were Looking speaking through. to Israel Folau which yep. a couple of people a couple of media outlets just absolutely revved him saying that was just a weak cover up and yeah. like rather than taking responsibility for losing this key player they've just said they were talking to Folau anyway apparently that's fallen through um, but off the back of this just quietly on the Folau one so he's been over at the Catalans Dragons which I believe is based out of France and plays in the English Super League so right, okay. he's been over there the pr- last year and yep. Another recognisable name was James Maloney has been over there as well. Oh, okay. So right. they were both over at the Catalans Dragons. Um, when Folau got over there and, you know, added into the WhatsApp groups and whatever, Jimmy Maloney being the smart-ass that he, <laughs> <laughs> that he is, he just couldn't help himself but just flood the WhatsApp group with gay porn the second oh. <laughs> that Israel Folau was um, added into it. So... Jeez, Bit of a shit stirrer. I'm not really sure how that went down uh, on Izzy's end, but I'm pretty sure Maloney was quoted to say he just couldn't help himself. <laughs> 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 I 
So it's good oh, to see no. Juma Modi still being, still <laughs> I don't know, just an antagonistic bit of a grub, even to his own teammates. And that's why we love him. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. That oh. is interesting. Um, the Australian Open started today, Tom. The Australian Open did kick off today. Actually, uh, I believe Curios is playing right now. Um, so, yeah, it has kicked off after all the bloody debacle of the quarantining and just, what's his name? Djokovic just being a dickhead and carrying on. Um, so, Kyrgios is playing at the moment. Uh, he is up 6-4, love yep. in the third set, uh, looking for a straight, a straight flush. Mm. Um, Novak Djokovic is playing tonight as well. Bernie um, Tomics got through against some Japanese dude who I've never seen. Um, well, I haven't seen a lot of tennis players, to be completely honest. Um, there's not many of note. Uh, Duckworth, uh, straight sets, 6-3, 6-2, 6-4, uh, through to the second round. Um, Dominic Team. Uh, First one was a little bit of a, a scare. Got the uh, went to the tiebreaker. Uh, tiebreaker. Uh, then it was six two six three. Finished off pretty easy. Um, that's as much as I've got on the tennis. To be honest, the, the tennis. I feel. I feel unless it's a big match, like yeah. you know, Djokovic is playing, or yeah, or it's your Federer and Nadal, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless one of them are playing, no. But, it's all like the BBL. It all kind of blends together. It's, it definitely oh. takes a little bit to wind up. There's no doubt. Mm. Like, there's no doubt that it just, just like anything, you got to get through the first few rounds, and yep. then once you do, and it starts to wind up, then we yep. all sit down. Well, come finals time, tennis is a very, very good game to watch. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And, um, and they are genuine athletes. The amount of stress that would they would their body would go through, the cardio levels that they'd yep. have. Is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and eventually we'll all, in a week's time or so, we'll all uh, sit up with a glass of red or a uh, beer and um, watch it till all hours of the night before we have to yeah. get up and go to work first thing in the morning. So um, looking forward true. to that in the looking next little while. Looking forward to that. Uh, Tom, back. we're going to backtrack a little bit here. Right. Um, the AFL have announced some new rules. Oh, that's coming to place. Okay. okay. Um, relating to the man on the mark. Uh, now, these were all going to be trialed initially. Yep. Uh, but have actually been announced that they will be new rules. Um, I'm trying to find them right now. I know for a fact one of them is that the man on the mark cannot move laterally. Okay. Um, so that means that they can't move from side to side as the player with the ball moves around to the side mm. so they must be stationary um, which if you ask me is going to be impossible to get into my head I'm I'm going to move laterally it's just an instinct your player in front of you with the ball is moving across in front of you to kick it around you or into the middle of the ground your your uh, job as a person on the mark is to stop them from going into the middle force some boundary line it's such an integral part of it. Yeah, you've just... Like, working the man on the mark is... It's one of those sort of 1% <coughs> of skills. It's like being able to body in a, in a marking contest or yeah. um, being able to execute a tackle or a smother or a spoil. All these things are just... They're really integral, like, just little bits of the game that yeah. they separate really good players from average players exactly just these real little things and if you i just don't understand what are they trying to achieve with that like you can't move so the defending player will only be permitted minimal lateral movement on the mark and if they move off the mark in any direction prior to play on being called a 50 meter penalty will apply so that just makes it impossible to Run like to stop people from running around you. You're gonna see the game that we think is getting way too policed become way more oh, policed. It's gonna um, be just. And unfortunately, too, um, you're actually gonna see probably some of the most conditioned cardio-wise players have to get more conditioned as they've reduced the number of 
interchanges that are possible from yep. 90 down to 75. Um, and if you know if you know your stats, know your AFL stats, you'd know that every AFL team uses every one of those 90 up yep. during the game. There's yep. very rarely do they only use you know 70 of them. That's that's a big change, mm. um, and it's actually one that they're going to definitely have to keep tabs on and work out how to you just, know, stem I, that. It just um, like the reasoning for changing it is we all want to make we all want more of what makes our game great. And while there are always great moments of brilliance in the AFL, these changes aim to increase those moments and provide more opportunities for players just to showcase their talents and ultimately give supporters more of what they love. Supporters love to just have rules that they know, that they can understand, that, look, AFL is a pretty complex game as it is. You yeah. start adding in these tiny little pissy things, mm. just makes it so much harder to like understand as if you're a new if you're a new watcher of AFL trying yeah. to come in, like one of the best things about it is that it's just it's sort of free flowing and there's not too many stoppages. Um, you compare that to watching the Super Bowl today. Yeah. It's so stop start, so many stoppages. It's so, um, like, I don't know, it's just so heavily policed and so, yeah. like, just run over with a fine tooth comb the whole time. Um, just just let the boys play a little but bit. But even, like, I know this is, um, this is actually what I find the difference between something like, say, rugby union or even rugby league, uh, where there's, not as many rules, you know, the the game is fairly free-flowing. Free the NRL are actually bringing in penalties to keep play from going. Mm. Um, obviously, so you get the set reset. Um, uh, so you get a new six every time there's a penalty given away. So you don't actually have to stop and reset. Uh, means that the de- uh, defense doesn't actually get a time to react. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Collect their collect their breath, you know, slow slow down, reassemble. Yeah. Um, whereas, look at AFL or even NFL, it's so heavily policed that, like, the second that a player doesn't or gets grabbed on the helmet or mm. maybe grabs their shirt, it's stop whatever I'm doing, look towards the umpire, yeah, wait for a flag, yeah. It's not, oh shit, get off him, yeah. Get, get the ball yeah it's all just umpire umpire and I think that that's a really massive shame especially in something like AFL yeah AFL is a such a, a quick fast entertaining game it's meant to be 80 minutes of flat out 100 minutes of flat out go your hardest football that's always entertaining and always on the edge of your seat and just this rules is just gonna it it's gonna make the good teams better yeah and the shit teams worse yeah and it's going to make all those you know, those games that we all sit on the edge of our seats on a Saturday night, a few beers at the pub. Oh, actually, I might just watch something else. Eh? Oh, it's just too hard to follow. Just mm. just leave it alone. And going to be hard to play. Like, it'll be interesting if they bring these rules into, like, local comps. Local comps. Like, it's, I don't know, just... How does a person that's trying to learn how to play the game yeah. know that they can't move on the mark? It's, it's a natural instinct as a new game is to just do as much as you can mm. like and whatever it is just player. follow whatever's going on like if you say right Tom go and stand on that bloke yep. you're not going to like stand on the mark away from him 15 metres away from him and let him run off yep. you? it's natural instinct so it's going to be hard um, and we'll have to see how it goes yeah um, have you got much else Parks because I've just got a couple of Couple of short, sharp things that I've called are holy grail snippets. We can workshop that, but I was just uh, go for it. I'd love to. Love so that. the first one I've got is um, Christopher Henry Gale, the universe boss himself, Chris Gale, the West Indian cricketing legend, um, self-proclaimed universe boss, is about to drop an album. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, can we get a genre? A genre? I can't give you a genre. Um, it's called Blessings. Oh, that's got to be hip-hop rap. Yeah. It's got to be. A bit of, bit of rasta hip-hop rap with, I reckon, a few bloody Christian things in there as well. I don't know. Something weird. Don't blush, baby. Uh, yeah. Um, no doubt he'll dedicate a song to Mel McLaughlin. Of course. Um, and that's by Triple Century Records, his uh, new album, uh, his new record company, supposedly. So, so he's... 
made this record company just so he can make I think so. I believe so. So this is off Triple M Cricket. Oh, that is um, Alpha. That is Alpha. If I, it's, I, it's either Alpha or Super Beta. We'll have to see when the album comes out. So keep an, keep an eye and an ear out for uh, Chris Gale's um, album coming out. Uh, another one that caught our eye. While we're on the cricket, um, videos have been circulating this afternoon of Tim Payne, the Australian wicketkeeper oh. batsman, uh, captain of the Test cricket side. Just say that again, Tom. Wicketkeeper batsman. Yes, yes. wicketkeeper yeah, batsman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Opening the bowling. <laughs> oh, no, what? For uh, University of Tasmania, his uh, local cricket team. And that's... So this is in Cricket Tasmania's Premier League final. So their one-day cup final, he's rocked up just rolled straight in, taken the new rock, and opened the bowling, bowling seam up, and in his first three overs, bowled six wides down leg side. And they were the only ones that swung. And yep. they, they went miles down leg side um, either look, as well. I'm absolutely no bowling extraordinaire, but holy dooly, if that is what an opening bowler in uh, Tasmanian Premier Cricket. I'm packing my bags and oh. going down there. Just no front arm coming on, coming in off six steps, just rolling it over, and bowling eight wides. Like I'd like sorry, to think Timmy. that I can do a little bit more with the ball than Tim Payne sometimes. But what I would love to know is how much of an alpha is Tim Payne if he can rock in there for his first game <laughs> of grade cricket, probably in about four years, and just say, you know what, lads, I don't really feel like keeping today. Someone else, this the kid can have the gloves, but give me the new rock. <laughs> That's it's either really alpha or oh, just I being just, a bit of a dick. Just, they were two for 194 before yep. he eventually changed to bowling uh, finger spin, something that resembled off spin, off spin, and actually got a wicket with um, a rank half tracker. Yeah, they got slogged to cow corner, and it was also. Um, the bloke was on 88 or something like that. Yeah. I think he was... He was 10 off. <laughs> Absolutely. So that was another thing that caught my eye. And the last one I've got is... Parks actually tagged me in something on Facebook. So it's this Strava run from this bloke called Jim Walmsley. No idea who it is. But the dude has run... One hundred and a half kilometers. Just put in. Actually, it's one hundred kilometers and five hundred ninety meters. Just wanted to get that extra half k in, just oh, to make sure. Just in case. Just to make sure his uh, timer didn't stuff up on him. Could, could have been a warm up for his hundred k run. His average pace for this hundred kilometers was three minutes forty one second kilometers. Uh, three minute forty one second per kilometer. So anyone who's an okay runner would be fairly happy if they were ticking that off in a 1K. Well, we, we, we're just getting back into pre-season footy training and we did a couple of 1K efforts the other day and my quickest pace was 3 minutes 39. That was my first one and I was gunning it. Absolutely. <laughs> hooking in. And so that's for 1K. And so this dude has kept that up for 100 kilometres. He has run for 100 kilometres at the pace that, like, an average person, well, an average okay runner would be able to run in one, over one, maybe two Ks if you're really lucky. So this dude is just an absolute freak. His slowest kilometre was uh, four minutes 13 and, yeah, (laughs) burned a lazy 8,000 calories and finished all of that in six hours and nine minutes. And notice too, like if you guys obviously can't see this, nine minutes. But um, his course, it's not very long. It's very repetitive. I think he's done several laps of this lake, and I couldn't think of anything worse than running around the same track for a hundred kilometers. Let alone running on. I don't even think I can think of anything worse than running ten kilometers. To be honest, oh, I just don't need to. <laughs> some people are just just built different. Yeah. Anyway. So, that was my other Holy Grail snippet, the bit that caught my eye for there. Well, Tom, I know we've, uh, we've been a bit few and far between, but we're back. Uh, 
Work's a bit hectic at the moment for big teacher time at the moment. So yeah. we're just trying to get into the swing of things. Um, we'll keep you guys up to date on the socials. Make sure you get onto the Instagram page at Holy Grail Podcast. Make sure you send in any questions or ideas you have if we've missed something. If uh, you want to tease us about our, our tips and, and traits about Ash, Ashton Turner uh, and Kelly Oubre, please let us know. We'd love to hear everything you have, you've got to say. We love the support. Um, and we'll be back. Hope you all enjoyed your Super Bowl Monday. See you later, guys. The Holy Grail Podcast. Podcast.